BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. I'm your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of the show, where we get to sit down, meet a new friend, and go inside the minds of some of the most innovative and creative forces shaping our world today. If you guys noticed that I was in New York City last week, I promise I was doing more than just eating pasta every five seconds. I am a huge Shira Haas fan, and she lives in Tel Aviv. I live in LA. We've been attempting to do this episode for about a year now, so we decided it would probably be best if we just met halfway. For those of you who are meeting Shira for the first time, Shira is an Israeli-born, Emmy-nominated actress, who dominated our quarantine screens through her career-defining performance as Esti Shapiro in Netflix's Unorthodox. At just 26 years old, she has garnered international success. She earned her first Ophir Award, which is Israel's equivalent of the Academy Awards, at just 19 years old with her debut role in Princess, a role that she landed through a message on Facebook. And just last April, she won Best International Actress at the Tribeca Film Festival for her latest role as the lead in Asia. We met up in the city to celebrate the premiere, the opening of movie theaters again, how Asia came to be, her decade-long career journey, and how she's navigating success. I hope you guys love this episode. Asia is out in theaters now. You guys should definitely go check it out. It is such a beautiful film. If you guys haven't followed Friend of a Friend and you guys find yourself coming back and listening, take the time to follow us and leave us a review. If you love the show, share it with your friends. I love seeing when you guys are listening. So take a screenshot when you do and tag me. I will always reshare and usually say hi. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you all and hope you have an amazing week ahead. Here's my friend, Shira Haas. Okay, we're good. She like cued me in like I was about to start a live talk show and I got very scared. <laughs> It was a very hard 10 seconds to be quiet. It was really hard, guys. I'm sitting here with the one and only Shira Haas, and they just asked us to be quiet for 10 seconds. Very we challenging. Could not we could keep not. our giggles together. <laughs> it was amazing. I am so excited to be sitting here with you today because I'm I feel like to be here. this has been a year in the making. And, yes. you know, she lives in Tel Aviv. I live in LA. So we decided it would be best to meet halfway, and we're both in New York City after yes. a very long time together. Lots of things to celebrate. Definitely. I'm so happy to be here. As happy as it gets and with the, the hardest jet lag. I mean, all the only good stuff. <laughs> it is. I think it's 3.45 our time right now. So it's basically one in the morning for her. And she is still sitting here and no, still and being a legend. I'm very happy to be here as well. well we are extremely happy to have you. I'm so excited for our listeners to listen to this. Thank How you. are you feeling today? 
Very happy to be here. Very happy to be in New York uh, for great reasons. And also it feels like, I mean, to be bored again, you know, to, to fly, to have been like, it's amazing. Really, I'm like still processing it in a way. Yeah. When, was the, happy. when was the last time you were here? Exactly before COVID, actually. Oh. Yeah, a, a year and a half ago, something like that. I was about wow. to like, yeah, I was promoting on Orthodox be- before it even aired. And then life kind of like changed. How was, how has the past year been for you? You've been quarantined at home in Tel Aviv. How's that been? It was everything, right? Everything yeah. all together. I mean, uh, life changed. For everyone, and for me included, quarantine and, and, and not seeing your family. And also, Unorthodox came out and like, wow. Yeah, I said before, still processing it. So also this, I mean, suddenly like getting like comments from real people. Yeah. Wow. Like yeah. social media, it was mostly there. And now it's the real thing and it's the best. There's nothing better than like in, in interacting with people. Yeah. Even now, it's one of my first interviews in person. So oh, we yeah. feel lucky. I, I'm <laughs> the lucky one. <laughs> it was really fun. Shira so graciously invited me to her new yes. movie premiere the other night. And it was such a joy to see how joyful you were <sighs> to be back in theaters again I and was. just in person and seeing your team and the people that have come yeah. out to support you. Like what a what an incredible moment to just be back and be able to see yourself in theaters. First of all, cinema is back. Yeah. I mean, I could cry. I mean, I can cry when I say that. It's amazing. I've missed it a lot. And yes, I mean, as much as I love my pajama <laughs> and I love Zoom in no way. I mean, I became <laughs> an expert with that, right? But there's nothing better <laughs> than the real thing. Nothing. And the, and yeah, and the, I mean, the thought that people, I mean, just watching the film and big screen it's yeah. like unbelievable really even though the capacity is still you know uh, small and everything by law of course but still even if it was like even one person seeing it on a big screen it's like the best feeling ever so we were at the <laughs> film forum which if yes. you guys don't are not familiar with it it's a smaller more more local theater in new york and definitely has a lot of incredible history there and they do an amazing job of showing movies that are honestly, for film lovers. And it was amazing because the manager of it basically got up there and was like, this is the first in-person event we've ever oh done. Oh my God, really? Yeah, I think right before you walked in, he was <laughs> like, this is the first in-person event we've done in oh a year God. and a half. And just people wow. like erupted and clapping and there wow. was joy. So yeah, if you guys are wanting to get out there again and go to the movies, go support your local theaters, get out Do there. That. It was like such a fun experience. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Thank you for coming. Yay. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. I'm so obviously such a big fan of yours, but I also would love to hear about, you know, what your upbringing was like and what got you to where you were. So you were born and raised in Tel Aviv. What was that experience like? How has it been such a defining part of who you are? Yeah, I was I, I was in a city called Oda Sharon. Actually, it's like 30 um, minutes drive from Tel Aviv, which okay. is nothing right compared to LA and New York. But 30 minutes in Israel, it's like, whoa, the whole country, right? <laughs> <laughs> Small country, smallest country. So yeah, so it was kind of like a, a, a quiet place, different from uh, Tel Aviv. And to be honest, I never thought I'll be an actress. Wow. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I need to be honest, right? Never, never. I, I mean, it, I don't know. I always loved it. I thought it'd be like a graphic designer. I love that. <laughs> or something like psychology. I mean, like my sister learned because you always want to be like your older sister, right? Yes. yes. This is, that was the thought. And then I guess I was in 
in a theater major in high school. This is where I found acting. And it actually started when I got <laughs> an inbox message to my Facebook from a casting director, which is kind of like a closure because she was also the casting director of Asia, the movie oh, we were just wow. talking about. Full circle. Full circle, yeah. Hopefully not the last. But <laughs> and, and, and this is actually how it started, I mean, regarding acting. And um, the rest is history in, in general. <laughs> so I'm so curious. On your Facebook, did you have like acting clips or anything? Or she just shot you a blind message? No, she just, she saw that I'm in this theater major. It was also kind of like a high school of art. So I was, I mean, I was there and she was like, you seem like you can fit for this role. Why wouldn't you come and try? I was never in an audition in my life. didn't have an agent. I mean, I was like, who are you? I had to Google her to see that she's like, um, legit. Legit, thank you. (laughs) Because it can be like also an awful story, right? Of course. I, I, I Google every single person that ever like emails me, messages me. Like I'm very paranoid. Like exactly. That. Yeah. Myself and my parents included back then. Yeah. I was like 16. And then I was just, uh, yeah, I went there and it was actually the audition for Princess, which was the first uh, feature film that I did. And I got the role, surprisingly. Wow. So yeah. not only had you no agent, no audition experience, <laughs> went in there, nailed it, landed the role, and all of a, all of a sudden— I don't know if I nailed it. Then? I think they saw, like, potential. And then I had some words. I mean, and I met the director. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, right. There's more to it. <laughs> exactly. I'm curious to hear, during your acting days, who did you look up to at that time? Who did you love to watch on screen? You know, it really started with this film, I feel like, with Princess. I mean, it was the first project that I ever did. It was an amazing female uh, director, actually. And she showed me so many, like, projects and directors and movies. And she made me really fall in love with cinema. I mean, the first thing that you do, especially when you're, like, a teenager, is so important. So she gave me so much. I mean... She gave me so much. I mean, I remember The Professional Alone. It was also uh, Natalie Portman's uh, first movie, I think. I remember watching it and I saw her acting and I took so Mm -hmm. much out of it. And it was so meaningful for me as like really an actress in this first stage to see it. And yeah, it brought my creativity up. And yeah, it was a meaningful watch. I remember that. And I've watched it like a lot of times since. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure that that journey is... I'm sure it's filled with a lot of almost like moments of insecurity. You're trying, it's your first time on set. You're still figuring it out for the first time. Even getting into class for the first time is scary. Was there a moment where you were like, oh, I'm an actress. Like, I feel this. I hate when people say like, when was your big break? Because I almost am like, what was that for yourself? You know what I mean? What was the moment where you felt like you were like stepping in the right path? I feel like it becomes harder when you get older, you know, actually. Yeah, because back then in the first project, I was like so intuitive and just and doing that. And you didn't, I wasn't thinking about it too much. I was also in high school. I was doing my exams during filming. I was just, when you get older and you think too much and you have like, this is when it gets more challenging. Yeah. I think... The moment it occurred to me, it's actually, I think uh, it was in like Sundance Film Festival Mm. with this movie, but um, it took a while till it was like out. So I was doing like projects, but it was with Princess. With with Princess, okay. Yeah, it was, but it was like three years after in the festival. So, because it took a while, so it will be until it was ready. And it was there when it kind of like occurred to me because suddenly there were like agents that were like approaching, like, U.S. agents. And I was like, oh, I think it's serious. 
this <laughs> profession that I chose, you know. She's literally at Sundance Festival, which is one of the biggest festivals in the U.S. And I was she's 19. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm an actress. I'm here. Okay, yeah. got it. I think, yes, I think it was this moment. I'm glad those dots connected for you then. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because um, also, I mean, there's something when you do a project, until this very, this day, also when people ask me, did you expect Unorthodox, for example, to be what it is? Or, yeah. or I don't know, Stiesel or other stuff. And I'm always saying no, because there's something when you do a project, uh, also then, and until this day, that... I feel very dedicated to it and committed to it. And I'm like thinking, this is the reality. I mean, I don't I don't even think that it will be out there at any point. Right. This is the only thing that exists. <laughs> and then suddenly it's out there. And you're like, wow, yes. And there, there's audience. And you're like, oh, yes, this is why I'm doing it, of course. And But it's always surprising. You know, suddenly it's out there. And I, once you do it, you don't even, I'm, I'm not even thinking that the, people or I mean and reviews you're really doing this thing so maybe also the answer to your questions is that when I under when do you understand it it's like it's basically every time suddenly when a project is out and yeah. you're like oh wow yeah people are responding to it and it's it's almost surprising every time I will say that, I swear. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also feel like so many of the projects that you do, they resonate deeply with people. And Thank I think you. that's why they have such a big response. Thank you very much. Of course. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick break. This podcast is brought to you by Athleta, a performance lifestyle brand for women that's committed to unlocking their limitless potential. The guiding principles that drive every design beauty, innovation, and sustainability. Each style is crafted for the unique needs of female bodies in motion. And this summer, Athleta is your go-to shorts destination. Distraction-free and ultra-lightweight, their shorts are designed so nothing can get in the way of you and your goals. From bike shorts to Bermudas, run shorts to everyday staples, they have your shorts. I have a current rotation, but today I'm in the Accelerate Shorty in black. Ladies, if you are looking for the best summer bike short, I have found it. It's the perfect shorty that provides support around the waistline, but it's just the right amount of short. It's currently 90 degrees in LA and they've been amazing because they don't stick to my skin. They are so soft and light, literally like butter, and I don't even feel them. And of course, they're in black, so I wear them every day with anything. In honor of short season, Athleta is encouraging us to lead with our legs, whatever that looks like for you. Whether you're running a new personal record, climbing to new heights, or standing up for what you believe in, let your legs lead you forward. Summer is the time to celebrate the legs that move us forward. And this summer, let's ignite a community of active, healthy, and confident women and girls who empower each other to reach their limitless potential. Find your new favorite pair of shorts at Athleta and let your legs lead the way. Visit Athleta in stores or online at athleta.com to shop their full range of shorts, available in sizes extra extra small to 3X. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the Birds Papaya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. Now let's get back to the show. 
It was interesting to hear you just say that Princess had like a three-year lead yes. time. Because I'm sure you're experiencing that now. So the other night, we can talk about Asya now, which is her <laughs> latest movie, which I saw two nights ago. It was devastating, but also such a beautiful film. Thank you. You play Vika. It's a mother-daughter story about their relationship. And I'm not going to get spoil. I'm not going to spoil too much, guys. I can't do that because <laughs> you really should go see it. You're absolutely wonderful in it. But I learned that last year, it won a ton of awards at Tribeca, including you for Best Actress. And I heard at the event that it also won like the Israeli equivalent of the Oscars, yeah. which is insane. <laughs> but all of this happened last year. Exactly. So I wonder what it's been like for you to work on projects like that and watch them kind of manifest over time. How does that, how does that feel for you? Over time and also the, with this one during COVID. I, mean, I remember <laughs> hearing about the award of Tribeca. It, I was also in Israel. So it was like 4 a.m. I think <laughs> again wow. in my pajama. <laughs> I mean, yes. It always takes time, especially like in Israel. I mean, I think Ruti, for example, the creator, director and creator and writer of ASIAG took her, uh, she was writing the movie for five years. Wow. Yes, it took her time to write it and to get it to the place that she wanted and to get the money and then to film it and to edit it. And also, again, it was ready last year, but it took time because of COVID too. So, yes, it's always interesting like to make a project and then, you know, it's done. And you do other projects and then suddenly you go back to it and it's out there again and you talk about it. And especially Asya, it has like, um, almost I would say like a, a smell to this movie. Yes. Like, yes. I mean. It's an extremely sensory movie. I think the first thing I said to you after the movie was yes. it was just beautifully beautiful to watch. Like cinem cinematically. Yeah. It was such a triumph. Every single scene was gorgeous. Thank you. And it was really like also a very long process of like rehearsals and research, right. few months. And I mean, it was one of the project, if not the most, I won't say the most, but I was, we, we were all very dedicated to it. And it kind of like resonated. I mean, it stayed with me really after it was, I remember <laughs> at the end of the shooting, at the last shooting day, I, I heard like people talking about tomorrow, about the end of the of, like the shooting and about we need to bring that back and that back and that back. And then we're already on the next day. And I was like, wait, but, but the, I, I was like still in the character. Yeah. It was like the, one of the hardest characters that I mean to let go. And it stayed with me. So even now to talk about it, even though it's been a while, and I, I even shot Unorthodox after that, it's really been a while, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we shot Asya in like the end of 2018. Yeah. So, I'm but, like doing bad math in my <laughs> head right now. <laughs> We're in 2021, wow. yeah. yeah. Got it, got it, got so, it. And, but still, even, even though it's been like almost three years, not yet, I, I, I'm, I talk about it and I still I kind of like feel it like it, happened yeah. like a minute ago so it's very special yeah yeah I wonder what it's like like how you mentioned there's like a smell to it yeah like what does that smell like to you now when you watch it three years later you know it, it's even that it's not like in the smell of of, of watching it it's it's all this work yeah. that we were doing it takes me back to that too I mean we filmed it in Jerusalem we were all together in the same hotel so we were kind of like in isolated all of us and the rehearsals and it's also a character with a lot of physicality mm -hmm. and an emotional journey so it's all there I just hear the word Asya and I'm like 
I, I, I feel wow. I feel Vika all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. I'm so curious to hear about your connection to the story. How did the script come into your hands? Yeah, I got in the beginning like only a few scenes. Okay. And, and it, it kind of like invitation to kind of like a late audition, but completely an audition. I was auditioning for this role. Uh, and I, I cannot explain this feeling. I mean, I've read it and I felt this urge of telling this story. I mean, I wanted to just call Ruti, the director, and tell her, listen, I need to do that. <laughs> and not because I'm the best, but it's just because of this energy that I felt that I really want to tell this story. And then I remember reading the script after this meeting. I mean, and I remember crying. I mean, I always left that I might be like, an, it might be easy for me to cry on, on camera, on screen, but not that much <laughs> in right. real life. And I was, was really sobbing and I called her and we didn't really know each other that well back then. But I, I just told her, I mean, thank you. Thank you for writing that and for this opportunity <laughs> to play this role. Because I honestly felt, I mean, this movie touches a lot of like difficult subject as well. Separation and illness. But it's really a story about love and life and connection and, and, and you know, how we shouldn't take what we have for granted. And to take a subject so-called dark, you know, and to bring so much light to it, it's kind of like why I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I honestly felt like she wrote it from such an honest place of, of, of a person who knows pain and who's been through something. And I just really appreciated that. Yeah. Really. Yes. Sometimes I, throughout the movie, I was like, is this about you or is this about your mother? Exactly. And I think halfway through the movie, I like stripped that away and was like, no, no, no. It's about the dynamic between the two of them. Definitely. Yeah. And they're discovering basically each other and discovering empathy in general. You know, I mean, one of the things that moved me the most when I read the script is really about that, about empathy. What is empathy? When someone tells you I need help or something like that is happening to me and you should not say to him, no, don't say that. Oh, no, it's not true. Like Asya tells her in the beginning, for example. But it's really about sometimes just saying, I understand. It's really painful, but I am here for you. This is a huge part of the movie that also really, really moved me and kind of like taught me as well while yeah. I was doing it. And this is also a huge part of the journey that those two characters are going through, I think. That's really and beautiful. we sh all yeah. should in a way, maybe. Yeah, yeah I feel like Every actor or actress has bucket list roles. Did this fill some sort of, did this check a box for you? Yes. Yes, definitely. This one for sure. I mean, it also touched me on a personal level, you know. I think both of us, this is also why Ruti, I mean, and I have had such a, uh, an amazing connection. I mean, she wrote it, she can say it better, but she wrote it also from her experience that she's had that she also, I mean, um, lost her sister like 15 uh, years ago with uh, very different from the movie it's not biographical at all it's a different circumstance there's nothing that has to do with that but out of this experience that she's having that she had I mean and me myself I mean it really brought me back I'm sorry about this <laughs> happiness all of a sudden but it really brought me back also to childhood I mean when I was really really young I suffered as well I mean I had kidney cancer when I was like three, wow. which is completely different than what Vika is going through. I will never try to compare those two. But when I said that I felt like the person who wrote this movie really knew what he was talking about and brought so much light to it out of like a personal experience, I said it because I felt like, I mean, 
this is also almost kind of like my vision to life as well after what right. I've been through. Right. And this is why it moved me so much. And it was definitely kind of like a role in my wish list because I felt like, yeah, I mean, I made, we were talking about closure before. So it was kind of like also a closure for me in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. I find it so interesting how whenever somebody wants to talk about something deeply personal to them, they apologize before they do. They say, I'm sorry for the heaviness. Right? I think Maybe we should just stop apologizing for that. Well, I, I totally agree. Yeah, you know, yeah you're, right, I, you're right. I do I'm the same thing all the time. Right. All the time I say, I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm you know, da- a damper on the mood or I'm sorry if I'm ruining your day or I'm putting this on you. And that's so interesting to me because that's your real lived experience. Yeah. And we were talking and, about empathy. I mean, em- yeah. Yeah, empathy is like, let's talk about it. It's okay. There's space for it. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we can joke after because it's life. We're like, yeah, we have drama and comedy not only in like movies and genres, also in life, you yeah. know. But still, to touch that even after so long, it's been honestly an amazing experience for me to go back, to open it a little bit. I mean, it was really a positive because, again, this movie, it has so much love and gentleness to it. It's, it's, it, it might be dark, but it has so much light. Yeah. Only love, really. It's almost kind of like poetic. So also the approach to it, also the rehearsals to it, it was just like pure love and positivity almost. We became this family also, the three of us, Ruti, the director, and Alona Eve, the amazing actress that plays Asya, my mother. And it honestly just felt like the safest uh, home. Do you feel like that's where some of your best acting comes out when you're able to work through things that maybe have happened in your life or that you can relate to? Not necessarily, but I do think it doesn't need to be like you've been through something like that, but it does need to be like a deep understanding. You know, even ST and unorthodox, I mean, we're so different and our backgrounds are like could not be any more different. But this urge, and, and I think this is also part of why the show, I mean, touched so many people because this urge of being who you are, right, and finding your voice... And 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 to to think about what freedom is for you, mm. each of us. I mean, we have this different definition for it, right? But it's so universal, and I could totally relate to it. And I, I mean, I almost felt like I want to run away, like Esty does, because I felt I felt it. I had a lot of empathy to her. So yeah. even though it's not exactly, it's not the same at all. Me and Esty, completely different. It. I mean, I still felt very connected to her and to her need. You know. We'll be right back after a quick break. You know, it's funny. Of all the things that I've been missing over the past year, it's the little things I miss the most, like making awkward eye contact across the room or meeting a stranger in line. That's what I'm trying to get back to. Vaccination is the most effective way to help prevent COVID-19 and get back to the good times. Find out where you can get your COVID-19 vaccine near you at vaccines.gov. That's V-A-C-C-I-N-E-S dot gov. As I was watching Asia the other night, I couldn't help but be reminded of Unorthodox, obviously, <laughs> because watching you is always a joy. But <laughs> Thank you. there is that common theme of identity coming into yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, Vika is a young teenager who wants to experience so many things and can't. And Esty similarly, you know, she's trapped in, in this community and, and wants to break free. Yeah. How do you feel that you have been able to work on both of these projects where you where there is a big theme of freedom and and also really beautiful theme of coming into your own womanhood 
Definitely. Yes, it's true. I mean, I think both of these characters are going through this coming-of-age kind of like yeah. story yeah. yeah, in their own way and pretty much in a very different way and path, but kind of like understanding what's important yeah. in their lives. Absolutely. You know, Esti ha- find herself and Vika find her mother and herself. I remember uh, <laughs> in another I got a lot of questions of like, who do you think Esti should be at the end with Robert or with Yonki? And I was like, and I was like, with no one, with herself, of course. Yes, I'm like, are you absolutely. team? Are you team Yankee or team Robert? I'm like, I'm team Esti, guys. And I think that I, <laughs> yeah. I personally, at the end, like, I think that was the point. Was exactly. That, okay. Exactly. You have all these different elements that come into your life, exactly. whether it's romantic partners, identity, all these things. Like, how do you get to a point where it's about you coming into you? Exactly. She's walking yeah. there, and you don't know what will happen. Will she get into this conservatory? Will she? What will happen with the baby? What? Right. But you're at the same time. You have a lot of questions, but you say, "But she will be fine because yeah. she has herself." And I think with Vika, no spoilers at the end. But as well, she has this closure, and she's like completed at the end. Yeah. You know, both of them are. Yes. Even though there's questions and may, might be sadness for some things. You know, for both of them. Yeah. It's still kind of like a full circle, and you are, at least me, you know, doing these playing these characters. I am, I am, I was very happy for both of them in a yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, in preparation for all of that, these roles that have so much to do with female identity. Yeah. I think if I was tasked with that, I would try to reflect back on a moment, maybe in my adolescent years, of a moment where I felt like I was, you know, truly myself or coming into yeah. my own womanhood. And I wonder Definitely. if there's something that you reflected on that was helpful for you in your journey? Yeah, I mean, in Asti, it was very bold. I mean, yeah, because I thought to myself, how can I relate to it, right? And and right. then, I mean, one of the most important scenes probably in Unorthodox, and maybe one of, not the, but one of my favorites are the one of the audition scene, right? Mm-hmm. When she sings. Because this is a story about the woman's finding her voice, right? right? And literally in that scene, she's finding it. And she's finding it in a lot of ways, I mean, through the series. But there she, in that scene specifically, she finds it through art, right? right? And I feel like the same in a way in my journey. I mean, I feel like acting in a lot of ways really saved me. I mean, I found a place where I can be mean many versions of myself and express myself and being uh, and trying to be the best that I can and 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 I feel the I mean the unsat is as free as I get this feeling on set before action or so on rehearsals I mean I honestly feel like acting helped me and still does to 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 find my voice and you and it's even fun because you can show so many vulnerable sides of you but the trick is that it's behind someone else's name, right? right? And I totally relate to that as well. I also really love people. I love to work with people. I mean, uh, it, it, it motivates me almost to work with people. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Every time it's, it's strange again, normal and strange at the same time to end the project for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk about Unorthodox a little bit. Sure. If you guys have not watched it, open up. Net- like, you can hit pause on this podcast. They I don't care. should have by now. I know, but no, you okay. never know. You know what I mean? It's you okay. It's know. okay. It's still there. It's still there. <laughs> Let me tell you guys. And I told Shira this the other day when I saw her. I, like, like to go to bed early. Like, I go to sleep at, like, 1030 I started the show, I think, at 830. I was up till 3 in the morning. Oh, my God. I couldn't stop. 
Like you are just so sucked into this and it is such a beautiful story. So when I think about it though, I think about the amount of responsibility that was on you to portray a certain community and Mm -hmm. their morals and ethics. And I'd love to hear a little bit about what your process was in preparing for that because I'm sure knowing you already by this conversation and how intentional you are with your work, important it was to you to represent that appropriately. Very important. It's obviously started with a lot of research, like reading a lot online, interviews, talking to people that been through the same or just reading, lots of reading, not just the book that it's inspired by of Deborah Feldman, of course, but also in general and to understand that community because it's important also to say that Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox, I mean, there are so many. It's, it, we, we should not and cannot generalize it. There's like the Satmar that Orthodox is Dutch, but there are so many others and it's very different. You know, I also did Stissel and it's completely a different community. Right. Yeah, it, this is important. And then when we've got there to Berlin, we started working on that show. We always talked about, I mean, and I always said that and not only me, the whole crew and cast, I mean, how important it is for us to... Yes, it's a story about a woman's running away, right? Trying to be happy and find herself, but to show a complex picture, you know, not to show it black and white, good and bad, because this is, first of all, it's not interesting to show it like that, right. but it's also not moral. I mean, and, and it's it's not okay. And we really try to show it all the time. I mean, with other characters, I mean, the fact that you also feel for Yankee at the end, right? My husband on the show, it, it tells it and it was in so many aspects, even in like showing an accurate, I mean, it's in the smallest rituals, you know, it can be in like how the table looks like. I remember I was hearing one of the actors talking about the length of his socks, if it's okay. I mean, it was really in the smallest details to show as accurate picture to this story as possible. And of course, we also had like a a, a religious consultant on set and a Yiddish consultant. I mean, for everything, really the smallest details, it was important for us. It's okay to to have like, um, I don't know, to say something, but we just wanted to show I mean, all the sides to this story. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, we've talked about this. You're born and raised in Tel Aviv. And yeah. I think it's so interesting how with schnitzel, am I saying it right? Yes, yeah, say it perfectly. Just check. No, it's interesting because a lot sure. of people say schnitzel and stuff like that. Someone <laughs> came up to me the other day and I was telling them I was doing this interview and they were like, oh, she's in Stiesel. And I, I was like, see? Yeah. that's not, I know that's yeah, not it. Yeah, it's schnitzel. Yeah. schnitzel and you say it perfectly. I'm, okay. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Everybody <laughs> listening, I'm here to help you say things correctly in my own journey, expressing my vulnerability for not saying something right. Yeah. Um, and unorthodox. It's so interesting because I was raised Jewish as well and mm. it's just interesting and really empowering to me to see how this has deeply resonated both of these shows with so many people. I've thought about it and I've tried to pinpoint what it is exactly, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you think there's just been such a universal adoration for both of these shows and what that's kind of like to represent that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that something happened in the last years, I think, an amazing thing, uh, which is that people are a bit more open. Yeah. It's not only being open. I think it's like People are getting tired a little bit, maybe. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but (laughs) I've been a bit tired of just seeing themselves in a way. I think you can see it in a lot of Israeli projects as well, like Shtisa and Fauda, or you can see it in Casa de Papel, right? They can go on and go on and go on. But there's something so powerful, I think, even for me when I watch something, to see someone who is supposed to be so different from you, but to still see yourself. 
within him. Yeah. This is also an amazing thing for you to experience. And also as, as art, just like to connect. I mean, it's amazing, this connection that art can bring. And I think also Stissel and also Unorthodox, yes, it shows a specific community that is so different and foreign for a lot of people, including myself in a lot of ways, especially Unorthodox, right? But still, this story is so universal. Like I said before, this urge of Esti to uh, to find her voice, or in Stissel, like to show people that just live their daily life, but has desires and dreams and failures and disappointments and loves and 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 so on. You say, okay, yeah. So basically, we're all human beings, and I think that's such a powerful thing that uh, those projects did and a lot of projects are doing and that art maybe in general can do you know yeah i loved what you said about how you can see yourself in it but yeah. also learn something new at the exactly same time. yeah and i i felt that with unorthodox you know i think you can i think everybody can relate to the idea of feeling trapped in and wanting to almost rebel and feel free in a way but then at the same time you're also lifting the veil on a community that you know maybe people don't know the ins and outs of and creating empathy for something exactly. that i think us as a society is we're so quick to judge. Quick to judge, and we so see it only on the news. And right. also, I mean, also, I mean, you see it only on the news, and you have these stereotypes in your head, and you don't see that there are people behind these outfits that may be different from what you're wearing, or this language that you don't even understand right. a word. It it seems very, very strange and far away, and not um, not human sometimes. I'm not talking about orthodox only. I'm talking about anything that's different from us, right? Right. And suddenly when there is a show like that and other shows like these, it's like, okay, so there are people. And like you yeah. said, it brings a lot of empathy to it. And this is the best thing that it can bring, basically. Yeah. yeah. I think one of my favorite moments from award season was seeing you really? in a gorgeous Chanel dress. Thank we you. know I love Chanel over here. <laughs> um, and it was definitely, yep. My bag over there. Yeah. It was definitely <laughs> two in the morning for you. Like it was def or like five in the you morning. You can try five. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely, <laughs> I was sitting there watching, knowing that you were in Israel and I was like, wow. what yeah. time is it? Like, yeah. is she okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? But, you know, I think that moment was absolutely beautiful for you in Thank many ways. You. And seeing you the other night at the premiere in the most adorable Miu Miu outfit ever. Yeah. I'd love to hear how fun it's been to just play with fashion as you're, you know, working through entertainment right now and how it's just been like probably the biggest source of creativity. So fun. Yeah. So much fun. I mean, of course, I'm an actress and acting and acting, but fashion, I mean, it's also an art yeah. itself. And it's been just the amazing privilege really I'm very lucky to work with these amazing brands and to meet amazing people and yeah. it's really I cannot take it for granted also talking about COVID Israel 5 a.m. I mean it's stuff that being brought from so many countries to people I mean just to make this moment perfect and it's amazing and it and you know when you wear this dress and you have this moment you you manage to forget that it's 5 a.m. Yes, and it has course. a lot to do with that as well yeah. Yes, and it's 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 amazing. Yeah, I mean, there was like a video circulating the internet of like you in the like Chanel atelier, and I'm just watching it, being like, "Is she just like dying on the inside right now? Like this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like Crazy. custom fitting. Like yes. what? A, how? Like just what a gift. How much fun? My, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And it's really, I mean, you see these outfits and the smallest details that people are like. The thinking, embroidery, the, the, the beads. Yes, like, it's, it's everything just, there. Yeah. 
you know, we we're talking about uh, a little bit about acting and to approach a, an, an, a character and how, I mean, specific and research and everything. So it's, it's kind of like the same thing. Also yeah. in fashion, when you see these uh, small details. And yeah, I honestly felt honored to wear that, not because of like, I'm wearing Chanel. No, because the artistry. The artistry, definitely. Yeah. Amazing, really. Yeah. yeah. I heard that you also want to write and direct, which we would love to see from you eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd love to hear because you have worked with so many incredible people in the yes. industry. And I love that you brought up Natalie Portman earlier because mm-hmm. I know you've worked with her and you've worked with Jessica Chastain, two people who have kind of like transversed Definitely. Their, those roles in it in Hollywood from between their acting, writing, directing. So I wonder if there are any tips that you've learned from both of them in navigating all three and eventually becoming a multi-hyphenate in that space. I definitely give a lot to the women I've worked with. I was so lucky to work with a lot of women, actually. Not enough, but a lot. My first project, like I've mentioned before, Princess was a female director. This was like the first time I've worked on set and it was a female director. And I remember thinking like, wow, women are... And we're talking about like... uh, 10 years ago, I was like, wow, a female director. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear much. I was also not yet so much into cinema. I mean, like I mean, right. today, I mean, and I was like, wow, I, I didn't hear about a lot about, uh, you know, about that, about this possibility. And then, like you said, I had a very, very small role <laughs> in Natalie Portman's movie, and she was the lead actress, the director. I mean, and I was like, wow, an actress one of also my favorite, you know, that she's also a director. And then, like you said, Jessica Chastain, she's also produced it and was so such a huge part of the, the creativity part of the movie. And she was also the lead actress and part of the producers. And I was like, wow. I mean, I think a lot of it, of this um, wishful thinking and, and my the, the fact that I want to direct or write or one day is really thanks to these ladies and there are a lot of more examples also Ruti the director of, and creator of Asya I mean a lot of it is thanks to them that kind of like showed me through the years that it's possible yeah and I come from an amazing home that I've been told that I can do whatever I want but still see them on action doing it and kicking ass really brought me like this motive motivation to do that and um yeah, and I'm, I, I, I love telling stories. I love working with directors. I love the different approaches of directors yeah. and see how, I mean, people are working differently. So, yeah, I mean, it's something I would love to do one day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a few lightning round questions yeah. before we end the show. What are you watching right now? Oh, I just saw Succession. It's so good. It's it's so good. Besides the fact that like the script is amazing, the actors are exactly incredible. Exactly. The storyline is amazing. I just wow. think it's really funny how like this very very polarizing family has just become like everyone's favorite family to like watch and laugh at. Yeah, you love and you hate and you yeah. laugh and you cry and the acting is superb and the writing yeah. is brilliant and it's just like you feel like you're in their rooms almost with them. Absolutely. Even though our lives are completely different. Yeah. You feel like the <laughs> yeah. rage and like the tensity. You feel yeah. Like very, and like very... you said before that you watched like Unorthodox in one sip. I yes. mean, it's almost what happened to me with Succession. We're talking about way more episodes Wait, there. there's like nine. Yeah. Have you watched season two? Yeah, everything. Oh, you finished? Everything. I'm okay. finished. I'm, I'm like, Just making sure. do you know when like the third season will be out? Because I'm like, I don't, I, I cannot believe I need to wait. My sources told me this fall. 
I've heard this fall. They're, I know they're filming right now in New York. Are they? Yeah. Oh, they're here? They're here. Let's go there. I mean, you're here we're too, We're finishing though, you know? the podcast and we're going to… <laughs> like, I like stalk them on Twitter when people are like, Succession's oh filming God. on this corner. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's happening. Wow, yeah, good to this know. Fall. So this was definitely my last obsession. But Love if that. you have more recommendations, please give it to me right now. What's your favorite thing to do in New York City? In New York City, mm -hmm. first of all, to be here finally. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough. Yeah. yeah. No, um, what I loved, I, I really just love to walk around in the city. Yeah. To be honest. Also, this is something I love to do in general when I'm like traveling. I'm not one of those people that have lists and, and to do and must do and mm. go there and go there. I love to take like a coffee and walk around and to go wherever my feet will take me in a way. I love that. And New York is the best for it. What is your biggest? piece of advice for anybody who wants to be an actress? Good question. I think it's like this combination of, of, of working really hard and letting go at the same time. Mm. I really believe in hard work. I mean, I've read also a quote sometimes that there was not, I mean, not even one time that hard work gave you nothing. It always gives you something. It might not be exactly the thing you aimed for or wished for. It might take a while, but it always eventually gives you something. If it's a really reward or role in our case or a lesson, whatever, but always, always, always pay back. And I really believe in that. I mean, and, and being committed to what you do and also kind of like always be tiny bit uh, obsessed <laughs> with what you do. You have to have passion. You know, you have to have, I, I love to do when I'm approaching roles, for example, I love to take references. I love to make sometimes uh, playlists for my characters. It, it's not usually like music that they would hear that might hate, they might even hate it. <laughs> But it's just something that suits to the mood. I mean, it always keep the creativity up. And at the same time, with this obsession <laughs> theme that I said, I remember before I uh, flew to Sundance Film Festival, which we mentioned before, I was kind of like nervous and oh my God, my first big film festival. I was like 19. Yeah, I was 19 and I was nervous and I was like, had expectations, but I didn't, I didn't know how to do. And I remember my agent, actually my Israeli agent gave me like a letter, which I have until this very day. <laughs> but she wrote me, Shira, you worked hard. Let go. Everything will be okay. Mm. And I have it until this day. So I guess it's not about letting go just as much as like working hard, but trust yourself maybe at the same time. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. What a, what a <laughs> gift that you still have it too. I love to keep stuff. Yeah. I mean, me yeah. too. I'm not good in throwing away, but look, it's worth it, right? It is. <laughs> What's next? What are you working on next? Uh, <laughs> well, there are a lot of things that will come up. Okay. Right now, there's a project called Lioness, which is based on the Golda uh, Mayor's life. But it's kind of like wow. our early years. Yeah, I, I cannot say much about it. It's okay. still in the writing This process. always happens. I'm like, what are you working on next? So like, something really cool, but I can't tell you. <laughs> exactly. And it sounds like a lying, but it's true. It's okay. <laughs> And yeah, yeah. Good we, I mean, we don't, we don't doubt that amazing things are going to come our I way hope, from you. We I are hope, so excited. And Thank you so much. You have a fan in me and all of us. Thank Aww. you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, really. Of It course. was a pleasure. Finally, guys, we met halfway. I got her halfway around the country. Yes! We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. 
And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.